G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, I'm Matt Prater. Welcome to History Makers. Today we're hearing from Michael Sweet from Striper. And our guest co-host is Robbo Robinson. Striper have never been far from controversy, but you can't say they haven't made an impact. They've been performing for over 30 years and have album sales exceeding 10 million copies. Michael Sweet is the founder and frontman for the Yellow and Black Attack and joins me on the phone today. How are you? I'm great, thank you, and thanks so much for your time. It's a pleasure to catch up with you. Likewise, thank you. Now, where are you at the moment? Well, I live outside of Boston, Massachusetts, so I'm, I'm, I just got home yesterday from some shows and traveling, and I'm, I'm home in Plymouth, Mass. Wow, so you're actually at home. That must be a bit of a rarity for you. I mean, you guys uh, just seem to be traveling so much, but uh, nice to be home for a change. It is. It really is. And uh, we do travel a lot. And, you know, there's the good and bad. you got to take the good and the bad with that. I mean, I enjoy my job and I love uh, doing music and I'm blessed to do it. But at the same time, I hate traveling. Mm. (laughs) You know, you just kind of you grin and bear it. It's a bit of a double edged sword. Exactly. Well, as mentioned, the uh, yellow and black attack are coming down under again. Then I tell you what, there's a fair bit of excitement, Michael, about uh, you guys coming back to Australia. You've been out here a few times, but uh, I mean, going right back into the 80s when you were out here. And I know some of my friends, big Striper fans, were reminiscing over the last few days about uh, being at some of your shows. You know, back in the 80s at Festival Hall in uh, in Melbourne and Brisbane, different places that uh, that you guys have perform so uh, certainly there's a, a fair bit of excitement about your uh, visit again next month well we're excited too I, and we did we we made it to australia two times in the 80s believe it or not just two times and then and then we found our way back there a few more times in recent years the last time being eight years ago so um for whatever reason we're not able to work it out where we can come every year or every two years but that being said you know there's still Quite a fan base in Australia. We're we're very happy about that, and we're excited to come and perform a lot of new songs because we've released three new albums since our last visit. Mm. Uh, and then we're going to be do, doing the classic songs as well, of course. It'll be great yeah, to have our, a bit of a mix, I guess, of those, uh, you know, the, the old and the new with you guys. Absolutely, and we try to do that. I mean, uh, quite a few bands rely on the old material and the classic material, and and that's fine. Uh, we really try hard to uh, mix in new material with the old material because we feel, anyway, that it's some of our best uh, material that we've ever recorded or written. So, you know, we we always take the opportunity to play new songs, for sure. Mm. I'm imagining that there's going to be 
dads at these concerts with their sons, you know, or you know, mothers with daughters. So, you know, they'll the the parents will be reminiscing, but the kids will be hearing you for the first time. So, yeah, why not bring out some of the new stuff and and get a whole new generation of followers? Absolutely, and you know, we've been around for so long. There may be great great granddads <laughs> too. Who knows? It could be. Now, mate, I mentioned about some of the uh, excitement of you coming, and we've actually, uh, thanks to the wonders of social media, we've had some of your fans asking questions that they wanted to to ask you. So I'm going to throw some of those into the mix today as well and ask you some of these questions. Greg was telling me that he's our afternoons guy. He was telling me he was involved with the promotion of your events back in the 80s and actually has still got footage of your press conference and what have you. But uh, one thing that he wanted to ask was, do you guys still throw Bibles from the stage at your shows? Because that was a big thing back in the day where you would throw Bibles out into the crowd at the end of your show. Absolutely. It's still a big part of, of what we do and who we are, and, and we have never stopped doing that from the very beginning to now. Uh, you know, they're limited. In the old days, we might have, say, for example, thrown out uh, to a crowd of eight to 10,000 people, we might have thrown out two or 300 Bibles. Now we throw out, you know, 20 to 30 or 40 Bibles. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just depends on the size of the crowd, but we still do it. It's a big part of what we are, and it's really the reason why we do what we do is to spread positivity and get the word out there, God's love out there, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's a big deal for us. Well, his word doesn't return void, does it? So, you know, it's uh, – and I'm sure you guys have probably heard stories over the years of people that have grabbed a hold of those Bibles and their lives have been changed. So uh, I think it's a great thing that you do, and um, certainly it's, it's uh, different. Not everybody does it, but I think it's, uh, it's great that you're getting the word out there. Well, it's the best way to do it. You know, night after night is an opportunity. And we don't want to uh, pass up those opportunities to to get, as you put it, his word out there. And, you know, in the early days, we used to throw out Bibles and they'd be left all over the, the floor of the arena. Uh, because we didn't have the striper stickers on them. And then we started putting the striper stickers. Now we print them with the logo oh, on it. Cool. And never one, never one is left, ever. Isn't that great? Because I think I've, I've yeah, actually heard, I mean, you guys have obviously sold over 10 million albums, but you know, the estimates are that about two-thirds of those albums have been purchased by unchurched fans. So, I mean, you really, it is a, a great mission field that you guys are, are sowing into when you throw those Bibles out. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we play shows and festivals where, you know, uh, everybody's getting high and, and drunk and, you know, and it's just a mainstream secular crowd. And there's it, it, we've played shows where there's no Christians there. I mean, we, we've gone over to Indonesia and played to uh, Muslim crowds wow. and uh, still thrown out the Bible. So it's it's pretty amazing, uh, the history of the band and the legacy of the band, and, and we are just... We're blessed to still be alive and still be doing that. One of your fans, Steve, who was at your show in 87 in Brisbane, he's going to be seeing you next month in Sydney, but he asks, how old do you feel, Michael? Well, i tell you right now, today, if you asked me yesterday, I might have said I feel 45. Today I feel my age, which is 54. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been traveling and I'm achy and tired and yeah. worn out right now, but um, you know what? In my mind and my heart never feel my age, and I don't think they ever will. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a teenager at mind and heart, So, and music keeps me young. So. I'm sure it does. Well, Janine also asks a, a similar question, and although it's probably a bit more for you as a band, how much longer do you guys plan to keep rocking on? One more week. No, I'm only <laughs> kidding. Uh, um, you know what? There's no limitations. We've, we haven't put a date, an expiration date on the bottle. Uh, we... 
we just will keep doing it until we feel that we're not supposed to do it anymore. And, mm. you know, that could be another 10 years. That could be another 20 years or more. I really don't know. I mean, when you, when you look at bands like the Rolling Stones, you know, who are, are pushing 80 years old, uh, that, or mid-70s, certainly, at least, that's really impressive. So we could do the same. Yeah, I'm sure your fans would be happy to see that continue. Absolutely. And, you know, it's all about staying healthy, obviously. Lord willing, if we're here on this earth long enough and, and we're all healthy and we have the motivation and the drive and the desire to do it, we'll keep going. Well, of course, uh, we've mentioned the fact that you guys have been uh, around for you know 30 plus years, been touring the world, and uh, this world tour that you're on at the moment is uh, continuing, and we're looking forward to you being back in Australia. Uh, how has touring changed over the decades, though? I mean, obviously, you, you just mentioned that you've been away, you've come back home, you're about to head off again. What are some of the things about touring that has changed over the decades, aside from the, the travel, of course? Well, I mean, for us, you know, uh, we used to tour and perform in arenas back in 87, 88, 89, and a three-bus ground tour or, or uh, you know, planes and, and flying everywhere with a 20 to 30 crew. And nowadays we travel light. I mean, it's just the four band members and then maybe, if we're very fortunate, four or five crew members. So we're, we're at, at that eight to ten people travel uh, crew-wise. And then uh, we're playing smaller venues, obviously, so it's a different type of crowd uh, and experience. Not that it's bad or good or better or worse. It's just different. Mm. You know, I personally like it. It's a little more personable, and you know, people are right there. A lot of times in arenas, you couldn't even see the people because they were pushed back 20 yeah, feet right. barricades, and it was so dark you couldn't even see them. Mm. But we, we get to still do it. And, you know, I, I, I've always thought this and always said this. If, if we play to 10,000 people or if we play to 100 people or if we play to 10 people, I always try to go out and look at it as, you know, I'm still getting to do what I love and what I'm called to do. And if I can have an effect in a positive way on one person, it's worth it. Yeah. So that's my mentality. Another one of our uh, fan questions for you, Michael. Uh, Matthew asks, is spandex uncomfortable? <laughs> you know, believe it or not, it's uncomfortable looking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it's not uncomfortable to wear. <laughs> uh, thank the Lord above that we don't wear spandex anymore. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing. I mean, obviously, you guys are renowned for the, that look, you know, the, the yellow and black uh, spandex, the big hair and whatever, but uh, I guess times do change. But um, when you were choosing the, the yellow and black, for example, like was that a strategic conscious decision or was that just your favourite colour? What, what actually came about when, it, when you were choosing some of those, uh, the colours and, and the look back in the 80s? Well, my brother started uh, painting his drum kit yellow and black back before Striper. We were a band called Rocks Regime. Mm -hmm. And if you see old pictures of us as Rocks Regime, you can Google them online, you'll see that we're in yellow and black and, and everything's striped. Well, yeah. Once we became striper, we found the scripture and we, you know, we put it all together and connected the dots so it would make sense. Well, tell us about the scripture, because obviously Isaiah 53.5 is you know, always a part of your logo. Why did you choose that as your band's verse? Well, because we wanted the stripes to, uh, you know, be significant and, and say something and not just be a gimmick and, and just have everything yellow and black stripes. So once we became Striper, we purposely started looking for a scripture that we could tie to our name. 
in our logo. And we, we found Isaiah 53.5. In some translations, it says, by his wounds we are healed. But in others, it says, by his stripes we are healed. Mm. And we just thought, that's perfect, you know? And it says everything. Everything we wanted to say with the scripture in that one line. And that's what you see with our logo every time you see it. Isaiah 53.5. Yeah, it really sums up what you guys are all about. So as you look back over you know, 30 plus years of ministry, what do you feel as a band is the greatest legacy that uh, that you've left so far? Well, just the lives that have been affected uh, and changed and saved mm. through, through the ministry, through the band. Uh, you know, we've seen people who are drug addicts and alcoholics and suicidal who have become pastors of mega churches and gone on to really have an effect on other people's lives and helping to change other people's lives. So that's that is the icing on the cake. Mm, right absolutely. Yeah, if not the cake itself. Yeah, that's you know, right. The music's the icing on the cake, but the cake is that. So it's just so amazing to see that. We love music. We have fun. We enjoy it. But at the end of the day, when we put our head on our pillows uh, and we go to sleep, we're left with uh, the incredible feeling of, you know, we had a positive influence in a life-changing way to share God with people. Mm. And, and we do that every night. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, look, as mentioned, we're certainly looking forward to uh, having you guys back down under real soon. There's plenty of fans that are going to be uh, heading out to uh, those venues in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney and Adelaide to, to see you guys. Uh, just one final fan question before we go. This one's from Shane. He asked, how do you get those high notes and maintain your singing voice without blowing it out? Because you really have an incredible uh, you know, range, but obviously you, you're singing all the time. How do you uh, keep your voice strong? Well, I wear normally a 29 or 30-inch waist, and what I do is I just go out and I buy uh, pants that are three sizes too small. <laughs> It'll do the I trick every on, time. I squeeze into them, and I can hit all the high notes I want. No, you know, <laughs> I, I, I try to choose my battles. I can't hit all the high notes uh, that I used to hit. Uh, my voice has changed a little bit. It's dropped down a little bit, gotten a little deeper over the years. But I can still hit some of them, and... Um, you know, that's become, I guess, a Michael Sweet signature. Mm. Uh, people expect to hear that and want to hear that from me, at least on occasion. And I'm still able to do it from time to time. So I'm very happy about that. Well, certainly a, a signature that I have loved over the years. I've loved uh, you singing as a part of Striper and also your solo work back in uh, the 90s. I, I really enjoyed those uh, albums. Used to listen to them very loud as a kid. So uh, great to have a chat with you, Michael. It's been an absolute pleasure. And looking forward to having Striper back in Australia real soon. So God bless you and the guys, and uh, keep going strong. God bless you too, buddy. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry, and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. 
Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.